I want to talk just for a couple minutes um, from the subject, all in. All in. Uh, anybody play poker? Just joking. It's a trick question, guys. <laughs> trick question. Man. Gotcha. Um, we have a divided household. I'm a Christian. I don't. Jamie does. So um, just joking, kind of. Um, all in is a familiar term that means I'm going to make a great risk for the chance of a great reward. It is I'm betting everything on one single hand. It's, it's making a decision to push all the chips to the center of the table and say, I'm taking, I'm taking a big-time risk for the chance at the big-time reward. I, I want to talk for the next couple of weeks uh, from the subject all in because I really believe this. In our culture right now, we are not... Um, let me say it this way. We are in need of believers who are all in. Not, not, not just believers that show up at church, and I love it that you show up at church. Not just believers that sing songs, ascribe to Christianity. I'm talking about all in believers. I, I'm, I'm talking about believers that have a commitment to God, to his word, and to his presence. I'm, I, I'm, I'm talking about pushing the chips of your life to the center of the table and saying, no, there is no plan B, there is no plan C. I'm all in on what God has for me. First Corinthians chapter 9, uh, I love this passage of scripture. Uh, I'm, I'm a little bit competitive, and so this scripture always justifies some of my competitive spirit. First Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, in the message translation, it says, you've all been to the stadium and you've seen the athletes race. Everyone wins. Everyone wins? No. Everyone, how many? They run. How many people run? How many win? Oh, I like that. Doesn't that feel good to say? Some of you just got set free. Some of you coaches giving out participation trophies. You just got set free. Set right there in the Bible. It says, right, one, one wins. Everyone runs, one wins. So run to win. All good athletes train hard. They do it for a gold medal that tarnishes and fades, and you're after one that's gold eternally. I don't know about you, but I'm running hard for the finish line. I'm giving it everything I've got. No lazy living for me. I'm staying alert and in top condition. I'm not going to get caught napping, telling everyone else all about it, and then missing out myself. Paul writes the letter to the church at Corinth, and he uses the metaphor of an athlete to describe or to depict how we should run the race of our lives. He uses the picture of an athlete to say that this race of life, you don't get to decide if you run it or not. If you're here, you're running. You, you, you don't get to decide if I sit on the sidelines or if not. If you're breathing, you're, you're running. And so Paul begins to use this picture and he says, not only should you run, but you and, and do you have to run, but if you're gonna run, you might as well run to win. Now, Paul wasn't talking about me beating you or you beating me. Paul was talking about the way that we run. He was talking about the intensity and the gravity in which we hold this race called life and the decisions that we make. He said, I need you to go all in on this race. 
I need you to go all in. I need you to take a great risk with the chance for a great reward. I need you to have no plan B, plan C. Americanized Christianity is frustrating in so many ways because it seems to me that we've done as best as we can to, another poker analogy, forgive me, I just heard this somewhere um, at one of the other campuses, to hedge our bets. Hedge our, you ever heard about this? You hedge, you hedge, you hedge your bet. It's, 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 it's an option. This is what we do with Christianity. It's like, I'm going I'm to really go all out for God, and it, if it doesn't work out, I got this, and I got this, and I got this. And usually how it works in America is I'm going to go all out for all of these things, and if that doesn't work, I'll try God. Oh, man, when, when, I'm, on, when I'm on my deathbed, you better believe I'm praying. Friends, we should look to him way before the li- our life gets so desperate that we are forced to. This is what Paul's trying to say. He's saying, I need you to go all in now. I need you to go all in on this race called life. I I need you to go all in on this commitment that I'm calling you to right now. I I mentioned participation trophies, and honestly, this is like a a real problem for me. If you go in my house and you go to my boy's bedroom and you look on their dresser, there's there's no room for anything on their dresser. It's all trophies. They're six and seven. They've never won a major game or achieved a major accomplishment. I, I'm not saying they're bad. I, I, I'm just saying, like, they just played. We paid the city of Allen. We paid the city of Frisco, and they gave us a trophy. We showed up, and we got a trophy. My son, he thinks he's amazing because he has seven trophies, and he's seven years old. And friends, the culture has been lying to him. They're giving out these awards. I'm like, Coach, why are we getting trophies again? He said, no, the why? Like, did we win them? Did we, did we, did we win the trophy? He's like, I don't know. They don't even keep score at these ages. Now, I do. And I know what games they won and what games they lost. And we talk about it as a family. Hey, today you gave it your all, and we know you're going to get a trophy at the end of the season. That trophy means nothing. Okay? Today you gave your all. That's all that matters, but you did lose. All right, so we are going to have to get better. We're going to have to put some effort into this. We're going to have to have some, some improvement. I, I think if I had another title, I would just call this message. I'd just go the whole time just say, no participation trophies. Now, if you're a coach out there and you're, you're giving participation trophies, I love you. I'm, I'm not trying to get on you, but I will say this. I think that maybe we have trained a generation to believe that if they show up, they should get an award. So, so now we, got, we have parents that complain to me all the time about millennials and Gen Z. And they're saying, oh, they're so entitled. You know why they're so entitled? Because they went to practice and they got a trophy. <laughs> they got destroyed by the competition and we applauded them. And now when they show up at work and they do a bad job and they have no excellence and they have no character and they have no morals, they don't know why they got fired. No more participation trophies. you got to earn some things in life. Why does Paul in 1 Corinthians say, run the race to win? He's talking about the way that we run. And I am, I, I'm, I'm using comedy in some ways and, and, and being a little bit sarcastic, but I, I, I am wondering if we haven't 
lullabied a generation of Christians in thinking that just showing up is the height and the extent of the Christian experience. That we said, I'm here to run, and we check the box, and we feel like we should get an award. Let me just, let me just help put this into perspective. We shouldn't get an award for choosing Jesus. Okay, let, I'll take it a step further. Death, life. I'm going to choose life. You get a trophy, son. That was a genius. What? I was hopeless. I didn't have a good life. I didn't have fortitude and strength. I didn't have purpose. Jesus gave me all that. And by me saying yes to that, I get a trophy? I should be giving him trophies. Oh, that sounds like a scripture to me. I should be casting my crowns at his feet for the opportunity of running this race. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you for shedding your blood. Thank you for laying down your life so that I could have a chance at life and life more abundantly. I don't get an award for choosing an abundant life. The Bible says this, the rain falls on the just and the unjust alike. Did you know that life is, let me say it this way, life is undefeated. In that it hits, affects, traumatizes, abuses everybody. If you say, well, I've just had a pretty good life. Just hold on. <laughs> life is undefeated at bringing chaos. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how, where you live or where you move to. It doesn't matter how much popularity, how many followers. I'm telling you, life will find you. Well, I... I'm running the race of life, so I shouldn't be affected. No, God never, ever, 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 ever promised that you would not have hardship. And that Christian theology has ruined more Christians' lives than I think close to any other bad theology. You're going to go through storms. You are in the world. The Bible says the enemy is that this world is in the hands of the evil one. You're going to go through difficulty. You're going to encounter loss. You're going to encounter storms. I'm not trying to discourage you. I'm trying to help you with your faith. God's promise was never that you would never experience these things. God's promise is those things would never take you out. Because as long as I'm with you, I'll never leave you. And I'll never forsake you. I have a plan. And I have a purpose for you. That's the promise is that he would be with us. And if you're not careful, if you're committed to the wrong thing, you'll always operate the wrong way. So if I'm committed to a God who only brings good things out of life, when life gives me something bad, I'm going to think it's God's fault. Does it help anybody? No, but life is just going to give you bad things. I just, it, just, it just happens. The athletic metaphor that Paul uses is not meant to highlight the athlete, her discipline, or her achievements, so much as her aims and the motivating force behind her efforts. This is just the reality, is that every single person runs this race of life. You don't get to choose if you run or not. And you can be mad about it all your life. You can be mad, you can be mad, you can be telling yourself, you can be telling your grandkids, I don't know why I'm here, I don't know why, you're here. You might as well make something of it. Everybody, everybody runs. So you might as well, if you, if you have to run, you might as well run to win. We don't get to choose if we run or not, but we do get to choose the race. So, so you don't get to choose if you run. If you're breathing, you're running. But you do get to choose what race 
that you run, and you get to choose how you run. It says this, as the scripture goes on, it says, run to win. All good athletes train hard. Now, the aim that Paul is talking about is not so much victory. It is, it is the, the, the way or the gravity in which you handle the race that you're in. I, I, I want you to know this, that God has you on this planet for a reason. Some of you dismiss it like, oh, of course he is. But I want to tell you this, that should affect the way that you run. Okay, God, God's call on your life doesn't retire when you retire from your job. God's plan for your life supersedes your age. I, I, I've heard people say, well, I'm going to leave that passion to the younger folks. Friends, your life call didn't expire when you retired. You, you better run to win. If, if, you got, if you got breath in your, you better be running to win. Oh, well, you know, I got all my excuses. Too young, too old, too far gone, past too bad, church background, not church background. Stop. Everybody runs. Run this race to win. If you have to run, you might as well win. Now, and this, is, this is interesting, and I think it's important that we talk about is Paul uses this word strain. Oftentimes, as he writes the epistles, straining or striving. And people that ascribe to hyper grace um, theology, they would say, well, no, we don't ever have to strive for anything. We don't have to ever strain for anything. Everything we have, God's given us. Can I tell you what Jesus bought on the cross? He bought your salvation. He, he, he's, his love for you is unavoidable. It, you can't do anything to stop God's love for you. So I'm not running I want you to catch this. I'm not running to get his love. I'm not running for forgiveness. I gotta, I gotta be at church so that God will forgive my sins. It was a crazy weekend. I gotta run. No, that's not why we're running. I don't, I don't strain so that God loves me more. I don't strain so I'll be forgiven of more. I don't strain so I have a greater anointing. I don't strain so God will give me a bigger platform. I don't strain so God will bless my life. The reason that I strain, that I strive, is not for more of, of all of these things that God already gave us through the cross. The reason that I strain and I strive is that we have a small pocket of time on this planet. In fact, the Bible teaches us that we're aliens here. I know some of you are new to church and new to the Bible, and you're like, wow, what are we talking about? The, you, you are an eternal being, which means when you pass from this life, you will continue to live on. We call it the afterlife. We call it eternal life. And friends, you will either spend eternity with God in heaven or you will spend eternity in hell without him. That is the reality. You know, pe people call it, this is, I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't say this, but people call that like, like hate speech in church. Did you know that's the love of God? The love of God says, oh man, these people are doomed. Everyone's falling short. Of, of my glory, They're, I'm going to be separated from them forever. They're going to spend eternity in hell. And so he says, I'm going to send Jesus so they don't have to. And so we say yes to Jesus and we say, where's my trophy? <laughs> trophy? He deserves a thank you. He deserves worship. He deserves praise. That trophy? We, we, we have, have, have lost sight. This straining and striving is not to get favor or love from God. He loves you. If you sin every day for the rest of your life, if you run from God, his love will never stop loving you. But the straining 
is understanding the gravity and the weight of the years that you have on this planet because it's not to make a name for you. It's, you are on this planet to give glory to God. They, people say, well, well, what is the race? If, they, if we're supposed to run the race, I'm fired up to run, pastor. I'm, I'm going to go home and run. What, what am I running? Because I think one of the greatest grievances or one of the greatest disappointments of your life would be to go all in on running a race only to find out at the end of your life you ran the wrong one. It, it would be completely demoralizing to go all in on something and get to the end of your life, your deathbed, and realize my entire life I've ran the wrong race. And I would propose to you that many of us are running wrong races, that we're running for our image, we're running for our income, we're running for our own self, and we're, 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 we're trying to attach God on to somewhere in the journey. But friends, it's not, God's not an attachment. God's not an appetizer. God is not an add-on. Everything we do should be lived through the filter of our life and our service to him. What's the race? The race is understanding that everything I do is, this, 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 is, how, this is how Paul says it in another place. He says, everything I do, I do is unto the Lord. So if I teach, I teach unto the Lord. If I'm in business, I serve as unto the Lord. If I, whatever, whatever occupation I find myself, I, there's not people in ministry and people who are not. It's people that are Christians that serve unto the, to the Lord. That's, that's how God uses. Paul is trying to illustrate a way that we steward God's love and favor and not a means to gain it. How do we steward now this life? How do we steward this grace? Be careful to win, be careful not to win a race that doesn't matter and lose the one that does. If you're running after the wrong thing, after the wrong medal, you will win at a race that doesn't matter and you'll lose at the one that does. There, there, there was a, a story of a triathlete, I don't know if you guys saw it a couple weeks ago, and um, he, he, was, he was running, I think he was about to take second place uh, in, the, in the certain games that he was in, and, um, and, and he's, he's running there, and at the last turn to the finish line, he turned the wrong way. So, I mean, he's completed the entire triathlon, and he turns the wrong way. And the third-place runner sees him turn the wrong way. He knows the correct way. He goes and directs the runner to the finish line and allows him to finish in front of him. It's incredible. You should look up the story. It's, it's, it's incredible. And they, they interviewed him and said, why did you, you could have, you could have taken second place. Why didn't, you, why didn't you win? And he said, I would have never been able to live with myself knowing that I actually lost, but I just took the opportunity of him taking a wrong turn to win. I mean, just the, the character. He said, I can never, never live with myself winning that way. This man almost missed his, his finish by taking a wrong turn. I'm going to tell you this. There is an enemy that wants to, wants to encourage you, manipulate you, move you to take wrong turns on the race of life and get you to begin to chase after medals that don't matter and prizes that don't count. And it is imperative for the church of Jesus Christ to realize what matters. And everything I do is unto him. We didn't build a church to have a big church. We didn't build a church just to have a comfortable place for us to come and check the box and get a participation trophy in. We built a church, church 1132, 
so that we could influence cities and transform states and affect the nation. We want to take a risk. We want to step out in faith because we're running this race to win. We don't want to just be a part, participate in it. We're here to win. Business, it's not, it's not a competition. It's not, a, it's not about one church winning against another church. It's about the kingdom of heaven winning against the kingdom of hell. It's about us realizing that the way we run is with urgency. If you run after comfort, if you run after just a nice, easy life, which honestly sounds good, I think, to all of us. But maybe we're not stewarding the years that we have very well. I know some of the young people, you think, well, I got, I got a lot of time. It goes by so fast. What do we have, 70, 80, maybe 90 years on this planet? You've got to run it to win. You've got, you've got to run to win. This race is for him, to glorify him, and in obedience to him. Let me, let me ask you this question. Have you ever been all in? Just, just think about this on your faith. Have you, have you ever been all in? Some of us, I know we have, because you were forced into it. You were in the depths of despair. You're in a place in life that's like, man, I don't have any other choice. But for some of us, we've been so blessed that we've never been in the lowest of lows, so God's always been an option for us. I'm going to tell you this. If you never take the great risk, you will never experience the great reward. That this is a season that it is imperative for believers to not dance or tightrope the line between the world and the church. We have done this too long, and we've actually embraced it and tried to make it easy, and we veiled it in evangelism in the church of Jesus Christ. Well, we're just trying to reach the world. No, friends, there's the the Bible believer, there's the Christian, there's a man and woman of God, and there's the world. They're not less than, they're not bad, they're not different, but they don't have the light that you have. And it is imperative for us as believers to go all in, not just to run this race for us, but to run this race for the people that are around you, that you work with, that don't know Jesus, that have never said yes to Jesus. This isn't just an evangelism message, but friends, we have, a, we have a city, we have a state that's full of people that don't know him. People say, well, it's, it's, it's the Bible Belt. You know, you know what I found when I drive through this city and drive through Dallas and drive through the Metroplex? There's lost people everywhere. We were on the way back from the Dream Center yesterday on our group thread for our staff. One of our staff members put out, please pray. I'm driving under the bridge at Exchange in 75, and a man is about to jump off the bridge. Some cops were trying to talk him down. He's about to jump off the bridge into oncoming traffic. Yesterday, and think about the petty things that get in the way of us running this race. Well, you know, so-and-so said, so-and-so posted, so-and-so... Friends, we got people that don't want to live. We got people that are void of purpose, and we have it. We have, when, we, when, when the Bible says run to win, it is not just so that we can make it. The run, the race to win is the method or the way in which we run, and it's so that others can come with us. The, I, I teach pastors all the time, and I, I usually end up saying this phrase, is that you should not be counting the people in the seats, you should be counting the people in the streets, because the church has done a bad job of saying a church is successful if you fill a room. 
But you can fill a room and still have streets full of people that don't know Jesus, that have never said yes to Jesus, that have never experienced the life that comes through a relationship with Jesus. So friends, our job's not done. We have to go all in. Our mission isn't accomplished. We're not done. Well, pastor, how big is the church going to get? It's going to keep getting bigger. Unless you want to say no to the people that, what, what, what are we supposed to do? Put a sign on the door that says, hey, we're good. That's enough. I couldn't find a parking spot. People are void of life. We couldn't find a parking spot. Someone sat in your seat. The music was a little loud. The light shined in your eyes. Are you, are you serious? It's almost as if our commitment to the church has more so been a commitment to us. See, I don't, know, I don't know if you know this or not, but the church was originated not to serve people. The church was originated for people to serve God. That, that we would come together to lift up worship to God, to honor him. But, but, but participation trophy theology invaded the church. So now we say, well, we're here, God. We're here. Good job. What, what, is, what do you want, God? What do you want? You should have a commitment to the local church. You should have a commitment to God's presence. You should have a commitment to his people. All of those. But that should not be awarded. That should be the obvious choice. Of course we're committed. Of course we wake up and go to church. Of course we worship together. And of course some things are not my style or not to my liking. But I didn't come here to get my style checked or my preferences accomplished. I came here to serve God. I came here to lift up the name of Jesus. And I'm coming with like-minded believers and like-minded Christians. And we came to lift up the name of Jesus. Maybe I would do something different. It doesn't matter. I came to lift up his name. The name that is above every other name. The name that still saves. The name that still heals, the name that still delivers, what our world needs, what our culture needs, is that name in your life. We need believers all in, ready to run. Run this, run this race. Somebody's first time, you're like, wow, this guy. Could we go back, rewind to last week, have Pastor Steve, Steve and Lisa together, because Lisa's kind of like calming effect on Run this race to win. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 28. It's a familiar passage of scripture, but I want to back up a couple verses to give you a little context to a verse that we quote all the time. It says, have you not known? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. Well, that's wild. He can't grow, and he can't grow faint. And he can't grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint. And to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. Now listen to this. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength, and they shall mount up with wings like eagles. Ready for this? They shall run. And not grow weary. You know, it's a multi-billion dollar industry in our world is things that serve us. If you look at products that it's billions of dollars every year of things that just help us make us rest, make us sleep, make us relieve stress, make us not all, all of these things. I wonder if some of the weariness 
in life comes from running the wrong race. But because we go to church for us, it makes us weary. Because we work for us, it makes us weary. Because I, I've experienced different times in ministry where I felt like I was burnt out or exhausted or tired. But you know, in hindsight, I can look back on those seasons and I can also see where I was relying on my own strength. So maybe I was running some of my own race. Because this scripture says, those who wait on the Lord, he will renew their strength. They will run and not grow. Can you, can you just imagine this? You running at top speed and not growing weary. Some of us, it's exhausting to think about. Oh my gosh, running. It, you, got, you got to tap into a strength that's not you. You've got to tap into a source that's bigger than you, that's deeper than you, that's greater than you. You've got to tap into a source that's, that, uh, to a source that can't run out. You're going to run out of goodwill. You're going to run out. We're, we're going to get motivated today. I'm going I'm, to I'm just yell at you for a couple more minutes. Run, 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 run. You're like, I'm going on a real run. I'm going on a spiritual run. I'm running. I'm, I'm running. Baby, where are you going? I'm running. I'm, I don't know where, where I'm going, what I'm running for. I'm running. And then like Tuesday, you can be right back where you came from. Because we've taught Christian sprints and we've never taught the Christian marathon. It is easy to get people to make a decision for Jesus in a day. It is hard to help them live that decision for a lifetime. It is easy to start a diet. It's, it's, it, it's easy to write the budget. Actually, it's not really even easy to write it. I, I lied. This is not easy at all. It's harder to keep it. So what is this race that God's called you to? Friends, it's, it's whatever you're doing, but it's the filter in which you run. I do not run for me. I run for him. Christian means little Christ. I run to represent him. And if you read my Facebook, it represents him. If you read my Instagram, it represents him. If you watch my TikTok, it represents him. You got to say that these days. What's TikTok? Don't worry about it. If you got your theology from a TikTok theologian, I'm just going to tell you right now, you better throw it away right now. That, that theology on TikTok is garbage. People walking in their feelings and their emotions trying to, trying to uh, completely bait an entirely young, naive generation. And I'm going to tell you this. We're going to fight it with everything we are because what fights it is old school Christianity. Oh, we don't want that old school. Old school Christianity like this, like the word of God. Still works. Jesus still saves. Man, I'll, i got to calm down right now. Galatians chapter 5, last scripture, it says, says this. It says, uh, if I can find it, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you? Stop it right there. This is Paul's writing to the church at Galatia. He's like, you were doing well. You were running so good. I bet each and every person in this room could probably think back 
to a time where it's like, oh man, I was running well. Oof, I was after it. Maybe you're a teenager. Maybe it was a season of life. You go, I was running. Paul says, but who cut in on you? What's, what's, what's the cut in? It could have been hurt. Could have been abuse. Could have been life. Could have been something unfair. Could have been a pandemic. Could have been a family member. Could have been a marriage struggle. You were running so well. Who cut in on you? Paul doesn't excuse the cut in the race, but he also doesn't deny that it happened. I'm going to tell you this. Painful stuff's going to happen. You're going to have to walk through it. You're going to have to endure it. You're going to have to get better. You're going to have to go to counseling. God's going to have to heal you. God, that's going to have to happen. So we're not denying it happens. But Paul also said, it made you stop running. You were running such a good race. Who cut in on you? And this, is my, this, this would be my shout to the body of Christ. You were running such a good race. Who cut in on you? Who cut in on that passion? Who cut in on that commitment? Who cut in on that consecration? I remember when I, when I was like 19 years old, 1920, I was in the internship right out of high school. And I, I was like as zealous as you can imagine and messed up as you can imagine. And uh, I was just, um, I would pray through the night. I mean, I'm like, like, like often, all-nighters on the weekend, I would pray all night as jacked up as can be, but praying through the night. Had a good heart. It's like there's people like, I'm sure you have a good personality. It's like, I had a good heart. All ja I, needed, I needed God's discipline and correction, growth in my life, but I was passionate. You were running such a good race. What cut in? Is it comfort? Is it, is it age? Is it getting tired of working in my own strength? Is it disappointment? Is it the dream was supposed to happen at this time and it didn't? It was the marriage that was supposed to be the perfect thing and it ended up having some struggles like every marriage has. Kids that had bad days like every kid has. But you expected this and you got this. And Friends, who cut in on you? We got to start praying again and reading again. And so, you know what we've been talking about as a staff? We're not going to, I wasn't supposed to say this, but we've been talking about this. We're going old school. We're going old school. Sunday school. There's somebody like, Sunday school, really? Yeah, it's not going to be called Sunday school, but I'm just giving you, like, I'm not telling any other services, okay? Like, I'm not supposed to actually say this because when people hear it, they're like, I don't want to go to Sunday. You need, you need discipleship. We got to grow. We got to put our roots down in the word. We were running a good race. Who cut in? I'm going to tell you this. The enemy only cuts in on a race of those who have the opportunity to win. God would never trip, the enemy would never trip you up if you didn't have a chance of winning. You thought you were a loser because you're tripped. You're a, you're a winner because he tried to trip you. I'm telling you, God's hands on you. The enemy sees your value more than you see your value. The reason that he tried to trip you up, cut in on your race, is because he sees the potential of your dedication and your sacrifice. And friends, who cut in on you is a really important question that you've got to ask and identify. And if it's offense, you got to get rid of it. If it's unforgiveness, Forgiveness, you got to get rid of it. If it's gossip, you got to get rid of it. If, if it's complacency, you got to get rid of it. It is time to run. Run into your destiny. Run into your breakthrough. Run into your miracle. Run into provision. Run into everything that God's called you to. Run into the dream. Run into the next business opportunity. Run into your family. Run, 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 run. Run with everything you have because this life is all that we have. 
Bible describes it like this. It doesn't feel like this all the time, but the Bible says it's like this. It's like a vapor. Here today. And gone tomorrow. Run the race to win. So this is my challenge and I'm done. Many of you in the room, you're all in people. But maybe in some areas of your faith, you've kept a little plan B and plan C. And this is just the challenge today. It's just in worship as we respond to the Lord. Would you take the risk to just go all in? It's the most freeing, most scary thing you ever do in your life. Well, I've been trying it out. It's been, it's, it's been pretty good. You, you'll, you'll never really experience the goodness and the reality of God until he becomes everything. And you got to go all in. So if I go all in, I'll never have another problem. I did not say that. I said if you go all in, then you're going to run a race that matters. And Isaiah says there's going to be a strength that feels a strength that fills you and you will run and not grow weary. There's a pastor that I really look up to. He's in his 80s. Pastor Tommy Barnett is still preaching the gospel. In his 80s, he's preaching. That's not just like drive. He's been, he's been preaching longer than most of us have been alive. You know what it is? When you run your race, you run your race. He fills you with his strength. And he can run and not grow weary. I'm telling you, there is a strength for you. I feel weary, pastor. You might just, your job will still be the same tomorrow. But you know what's going to change? Your mindset. Your marriage is still going to be the same when you go home today. But what's going to change? Your mindset. Your kids are still going to be the same kids when you go home today. But what's going to change? Just going back to school. <laughs> and, and, and your your mindset. Everything I do is I do is unto you. Would you stand up with me all across this place? I missed y'all. Can we just respond to the Lord? Can you just take the chips of your life and just push them to the center? Maybe this is a fresh commitment to you. Maybe it's a first time commitment for you, but just, man, I'm, just, I'm going all in. Maybe you're just at the lowest of the low right now, and you're like, man, I don't even have another option. Man, go all in. Maybe life's going great for you. And you just, you know, church is a thing that you want to be a part of your family. I'm going to tell you this. You have no idea what God could do through your life if you would just go all in.